Hello. I am so excited to share today's episode with you. So this is something I'm calling a case study. And I always love variety. I'm a very creative person. When I'm too consistent, I get bored. And so I like to change things up. So I like to be consistent with content creation or putting podcasts out there. But I also love to like just change things up. So today we're doing something called a case study. And I will be showcasing once in a while um, a client. And I'm going to be having a conversation with them. And this isn't an interview or a testimonial. Um, this dives a little bit deeper where I'm actually going to be putting commentary in between our conversation um, from my professional perspective as to why this person was successful and what they implemented. And although you can hear them and why they, you know, how their life has changed, it's like a behind the scenes perspective. So my intention of this episode is to be of service to you, to give you value. I want you to be able to reflect on your own life, personal and professional uh, journey and reflect on like, yeah, I'm not doing that. Ooh, I have this mindset. I don't have that mindset. So they always say success leaves clues. So I always love to learn from successful people. I love to learn from people. When I say successful, what I mean is I love to learn from people who have already achieved a goal or a desire of mine and you know, learn what worked for them. What did they shift? What did, what do they, how do they think? How do they live? How do they do the things they do? So, um, again, we are all unique individuals. So take what you learn from this and leave the rest. Um, if you are an avid listener, you might be listening to my voice and notice that it's a little off. I'm getting over a cold, um, but I'm really, really excited. So I'm hoping I don't cough mid, uh, mid recording. Um, also, that said, you're going to hear me periodically throughout this episode talk about uh, coaching. And so if you are interested in coaching and this kicked your butt and you are ready, I want you to head on over to heatherchauvet.com forward slash join. It is you, there's two things that can happen. One, you can book a call with someone on my team and we can point you in the right direction. Two, um, if you're not ready for coaching yet, but maybe you just want to learn a little bit more about how my coaching works, you want to maybe be invited to a call to experience uh, the inside of my community. It really just all depends on what type of support you are seeking. So Heather Chauvin, C-H-A-U-V-I-N.com forward slash join. All right. So let's dive in to today's episode. This is with Sherilyn. And Sherilyn is a professional, busy woman um, who is raising children. So she's raising boys. She, You're going to learn more about her. But the reason I wanted to set her up in the sense that she was a professional, uh, she's a lawyer, and she has a heart of gold and came to me feeling exhausted, miserable, and burnt out. And I was actually went back and I started like reading her intake form and things that I noticed that I believe have made her successful are she was ready. 
She was ready and she was done with her own bullshit. And I think too often we go out there into the world and we see people and we're like, look, they're overwhelmed. They're exhausted. They're not achieving their goals. And we are in the same type of profession or I have less children than her or more children than her. We're doing this comparison game. And Sherilyn was already seeking help and she was just done. She was like, clearly the way that I'm operating in the world is not getting the results that I want. Therefore, I surrender and I need help. So let's dive in. Hello, Miss Sherilyn. Hi. It's been a journey to get here. Yes. So I wanted to have a conversation with you today. I said it was going to be more of like a, not a testimonial, not an interview, like a case study. There's a lot on the internet. And sometimes when we're seeking help or support, it's like, but what actually unfolds, especially for the resistant left brainers. So everything I do is about you got to you got to feel, right? I ask you those uncomfortable com- like uncomfortable questions of like what do you desire? How do you want to feel? And a lot of the women that I attract have maybe never had to do that because we're so used to checking things off the to-do list and being responsible. So I would love for you to just take us through the journey of who you were when you started and how long ago was that? Um, that's a good question. So I think it was the September of 2021. Okay. Um, and I, so I'd actually been listening to your podcast for a little while. So before I did anything, um, and then, and I was, um, I was always an outside the box thinker. So, I had accomplished a lot, um, but I was absolutely exhausted. Um, And I think as with many people, the way I found you is because I was struggling raising my youngest boy and he was, I was exhausted. So I was looking for help for him. Um, And I didn't need help for him. I needed help for me, but I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. But then I heard about your book on a different podcast where I was, you know, I was learning about parenting and, um, and I was like, wow, like I have to have that book. (laughs) Um, immediately got the book, immediately read it and then started listening to the podcast and then came into your world through, I think it was a, why not you challenge and you challenged and I'm, yes, I agree. I'm a left brain (laughs) thinker. Well, that's okay. I mean, it gets us to where we need to go. Right. And all these things. And I, to be honest, I think it's actually incredibly difficult to believe that change is possible when we live in a culture, you and I have had this conversation, a culture that good mothering, good woman, good equals less, less of us, less of ourselves, give, 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 give constantly Mm -hmm. and to re, um, train our brain, but also the healing work required and the unlearning is a lot. So go back to that version of you. You come in, you're like, okay, I'm exhausted. I want to, um, 
support my children. I need, you know, I need help. And I'm telling you, like, here's ETM. How do you want to feel? Like, what was that initial shock for you? Like jumping into the community? Um, so first of all, so it seemed a little bit impossible at that time. I was very much stuck in the like, I don't know how I can possibly do all this. Okay. So I want you to pay attention to what Sherilyn um, just said. It seemed impossible. I was stuck in the I don't know how. This is so culturally acceptable of like, well, I don't know how. Well, I don't know how. And it just seemed impossible. Two things here. One, being obsessed and controlling in how things need to unfold for you. I find the more a woman is controlling, meaning like trying to control other people's behaviors, trying to control the outcome, you know, obsessed with a strategy, the more attached and like, it's like, I keep, you know, gripping my hands, like control, control, control of like, but how, but how, but how is a fear of the uncertainty. So part of jumping into your next level, a part of creating change is sitting with your fear of the unknown. Like you're not going to know how because the journey is actually going to unfold. And phase one might be a specific how. But when you are working with a professional, they should be able to see the how. And if they don't, that is not a professional. And you can get your money back or you can have some type of escape clause. If people are not seeing any value in our program within the first 30 days, like at all, meaning like, oh God, this sucks. I just wasted my money and there's feelings of dread. Get out. We we don't let them go past the 30 days. So, um, but I can usually tell if people are going to do that at the beginning. So we just don't invite them into the programs. But you have to understand it. So you have to learn how to trust people. You have to learn how to trust the process and you have to learn to not be obsessed with the how. Also, this belief of it seemed impossible. Again, it's the fear of the unknown. Our brain is designed to keep us safe. So if you are afraid of uncertainty and you're not willing to feel your fear, you actually will not choose uncertainty and you will choose the certain and comfortable even if that is causing you suffering. So this is why people stay in debt. This is why they stay in relationships. And the only thing that is 100% going to happen when you step into change is fear is going to come up. So for me, when I feel like something is impossible, I hire support for somebody who has already achieved the success or the result that I desire. And I do what they tell me to do. But I also, you know, have to feel my feelings and realize like, is this working for me? Is it not working for me? I have to make it my own experience. So I might not do it a hundred percent like they tell me to do, but surrounding yourself with people who feel like what you want to achieve is possible is so freaking important to your journey. I don't know how I can possibly do all this. Um, and um, the 
it took ETM to do the first time. Um, it required two hours. You said it required two hours and I couldn't figure out how I was going to do that. <laughs> but, but how you were going to find the time. The two hours, which yeah. is hilarious now looking back. Um, but I actually, you know, do, just doing that one thing and I actually took time to myself. I gave myself to a 24 hour break from all my responsibilities. And, um, but it, it took me at least a couple of months to make that happen. Um, and that was a really pivotal moment to even just be by myself in the world, um, for to for it was less than 24 hours, but it allowed me to connect with that part of myself that I was pre all these responsibilities. Yeah. So there's a lot of, um, one, I will, I will give you props. You are incredibly coachable. So you were ready and, you know, I tell you something and you, if you resist it right away, you typically process and then you take action on it. So anyone listening, it's not about a magic wand or a magic pill or like, here's a worksheet, fill it out. You you do the emotionally uncomfortable work. And even if you're like, I know I should be doing this and I'm avoiding it, but like you lean into it. And that's the thing. It's all about progress, not perfection. Okay. I just want to make this point. And I said this at the beginning, but Sherilyn was so and is so coachable. And I think this is where people have a really difficult time is you have a desire or you want a result or you want to experience something in a relationship with your money, your time, your energy, your health. But you as a person are not actually coachable. So what makes somebody coachable? One, even though you have excuses, time, money, energy, you're willing to do the work. Like you're actually willing to carve out 20 minutes, even though you're resistant about carving out the time. You're willing to sit with your feelings, like the messy middle. So while you're doing the work, the uncertainty is still there. And you're like, oh my God, am I doing this right? That messy middle is still there. And another thing that I think made Sherilyn incredibly coachable that has nothing to do with my program or my coaching, she was ready. Like she was ready for results. She was done with her own bullshit. That is so, so important. You can want a result. But swiping your credit card is not going to solve the problem. You have to say, I want this result. If you are neutral about it, if you're curious about it, it doesn't matter how cheap something is. You're, you're not going to put in the time or the energy. Um, so if you could look back today on that, and then I want to talk about tangibles because I know your relationship has changed with your children, your work, your health is changing. And yes, there's always more work to do. But if you could talk to that version of you, what would you tell her? Like the one where she was just starting, what does she need to know? Um, <clears throat> this is going to sound super cheesy. I <laughs> love it. <laughs> but just the change is possible. You know, um, I just didn't know how. So again, 
Sherilyn talks about change was possible. I just didn't know how. And it's interesting because I have heard so many personal development people talk about like letting go of the how. And when I first heard that, I didn't understand what that meant. So looking back, when I realize how emotionally uncomfortable Sherilyn was to make the investment and the fear of uncertainty, she surrendered. She was more afraid of how than if it was possible or not. So again, a constant reminder of like, if you were trying to, but how, but how, but how, but how, like you don't need to have all the answers. You just have to be willing to invest. And when I say invest, I do not mean money. Most of the time you do have to invest money, but it's also time and energy, right? So if you have a hundred percent certainty that something is going to work, you are going to invest the time and energy into it. But when your brain is telling you it might not work, it might not work, then you don't invest the time and energy into it. So I want you to consider that because you could Google something, but there's a reason why you're not following through. Pay attention to that. I just didn't know how. Um, And there were things that you suggested and it's absolutely true um i think the key thing that i would say is to invest in yourself and the the thing the thing that i most learned i think i was good at trying to do the right thing and be you know be there for other people but I was getting lost in that because I didn't know that to be there for other people, you have to take care of yourself. So I was burning myself out. Mm-hmm. And it was only when I was able to shift to know that actually investing in my own well being would help the people who I care about and love more than sacrificing always um that i realized that that i had that shift and was able to um show up differently mm-hmm. in, in everything in everything yeah and before we move on i want to talk about investing because i tell people investment isn't just swiping the credit card like yes it's a big investment financially but there's also time and energy mm-hmm. and for some people swiping the credit card is the easy part mm-hmm. for some people that's terrifying mm-hmm. investment to me which is why i break everything down into 10 minute habits if needed if you're like i'm so overwhelmed all i can do is 10 minutes great tiny tiny bites but like the time and energy investment of like chronically coming back to who you want to be is to me, that's the true definition of investment because we have access to things, but we're not invested. We're not committed. We're not in it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you exactly, you have to do the work to be able to actually get anything out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So let's talk about the the transformation. Uh, part of your why was parenting. So let's talk about how has that shifted? Okay. So I found this part interesting. Um, Sherilyn talked about how she found me and she found me through another podcast when she was looking for resources for her child. And I always tell people, your children, this is why I primarily work with professional women raising children. Um, not everybody I work with has children. But when the child is a pain point, like parenting is a pain point, or you're nervous or worried about your child's behavior, your child brings you to this work. So um, she talked about what I wanted to do versus what I needed to do to be a good parent. And over and over again in this conversation, she's talking about investing in herself and feeling good. Well, that isn't necessarily... you know, People aren't going to buy into that, like feeling good. It's the why behind it. And so along this journey, it's the mindset shift that feeling better was actually making her the quote unquote good parent that she was trying to be. So this is how we can do less better. And that's that whole less is more concept. So a really, really good point that this isn't just about parenting. This goes for business, time, energy, health. And it's very counterintuitive to how we are um, raised culturally. Um, and the biggest mindset shift that I really instill in my clients, because once you get this, your whole life will transform. Talk about how has that shifted? Um, I think the main thing that has shifted is by thinking about what more about what I want to do instead of thinking about what you know I need to do to be a good parent has made it actually so much more fun um and so uh I just I'm really excited about doing things but it's because you know I think before I was like why am I not excited about doing this thing that is completely boring for me. And now I now I'm like, okay, this is what I want to do. And my kids are going to come along and they're going to love it. Um, because I, you know, I do think about other people too. Um, but I'm working on making things enjoyable for all of us. Mm -hmm. And then also realizing that if not feeling quite so much guilt about taking care of myself and letting my kids do something else, you know, um, so that we are all coming to everything healthier. Yeah. So I know we even had this conversation that we're recording this during spring break and that you're like, Heather, if I, when I started with you, there's no way I would have had the capacity to do this, to have my child or children in the home while I'm recording this, which I know is a huge issue for a lot of people. It's a huge challenge of like being present and focused while the children are still in the environment. That's a huge shift. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I want you to pay attention to this. Sherilyn was able to do this interview or this conversation while her kids were at home during spring break. That is one of the biggest 
blocks that I see for some of my clients, not everybody, but some of them. And it might not be a child. It might be another person, or it might be the environment or the weather or the economy. There's always something that we think is holding us back from taking action or doing the work that we need to do or focusing. But here's the thing. You can manage both. I also believe we live in a culture that is puts a lot of pressure on parents to perform and entertain children. Our children don't actually know how to be with themselves and their own feelings and their own imagination and their own boredom because we have always gone in and rescued them. And when you become a chronic rescuer, you are over nurturing and over mothering. And again, this isn't just with our children. We do this with our partners. We do this with our teams. We do this with our family. And so because Sherilyn shifted her identity around this, she was able to create the capacity to be present long enough to have this conversation. And you might have heard or you will hear during this conversation that you know, the child was reaching out for her. It was like, Hey mom, I need you. I need your attention. But again, she was able to redirect. And so this is a perfect example of like the work and the side effects of it. You have more focus. You have more capacity to be present and that guilt is not consuming you. You're getting your time back, which allows you to focus, which allows you to continue to pursue your goals, which allows you to make more money, which allows you to feel better, which allows you like there's, it's the compound effect. It's not just a one and done. Even just being the idea of just being, you know, out of, not working for a little while before. Well, and and that's another perfect example because of course, when I started, I was like, I just need to do more. I just need to work harder. I just need to figure out how to make this better. Um, and you were like, no, here's what you... And I remember you asked me a question. You said, what do you really, really want? And I said, I want three weeks off in the summer at different times with my kids. And at the time that seemed like the most ridiculous, impossible thing that I could never possibly do. Um, And now it's like, I'm taking two weeks off for spring break. (laughs) It's no big deal Um, because of all of the stuff that I put in place. But I absolutely did not think that that was what I needed. I thought that that was the opposite of what I needed because I had so much to do. Yeah. So it, I didn't, I had no idea what I needed. Which is such a mind game because we convince ourselves, well, if I just do more, I just, I tell people all the time, like, okay, what's your plan to make that happen? And they're like, well, I don't have a plan. And it's like, intellectually, you, you're like, then therefore nothing is going to change. Like we, a part of us knows it, but it's the belief systems. It's the trauma. It's the subconscious that we're like, I'm just going to do more. I'm just going to do the same thing. It's like, great. And then eventually you kind of surrender and you're like, I am done with my own bullshit. All right. You have to be ready to receive help. End of discussion. I've had this conversation with so many people where they'll say, I can't afford it right now. I'm like, no problem. And I'm like, is there a way that I could support you? 
And they're like, well, and they give me the block and we come up with a solution and they still won't solve the problem. Then they'll come back to me two years later and my prices have like 10x, right? They've increased. And they're like, I'm ready. Here's my credit card. Like what was stopping you before? And they will admit I wasn't ready. You have to be ready to receive. If you're not, you will stay stuck and frustrated. So whatever it is in your life, I want you to reflect. And does it make me uncomfortable to actually receive help? If you are sitting, like, I I get it. We all feel unworthy of receiving help. But if you are actually not willing to say, oh my gosh, this is so uncomfortable, but I'm going to invest in it. and I'm going to sit with my feelings. If you are not willing to receive anything at all, you're just going to run away and hide from it. You will stay in the exact same position that you are for the rest of your life. So ask yourself, am I actually ready to receive help? And if the answer is no, that is a good indicator that you are actually not currently coachable. I am ready to receive help. I am ready to say, I don't know how to solve this problem. I'm willing to do the work or to like follow the breadcrumbs, but I actually have no fucking clue how to do this. Yeah. And also just being willing to say, okay, you know, that sounds crazy, but I'll try it because the worst that can happen is it's a disaster. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, that and then you're like, oh wait, that wasn't so hard. <laughs> you know, and then you can do move on to the next thing. And there's many things that I have done that at the time seemed um, you know, before I did them, I was like, I would never do that. Mm-hmm. But now I'm like, why did I not do that sooner? Your risk tolerance is improving. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So there's something that I notice unique about my clients. And I think it's because the work that I do is so intuitive and emotional, and it's not all strategic. So we do talk a lot about strategy, depending on where you are. Like There is a plan, a roadmap, a strategy that we create for you. But a lot of people don't know what they need. And I will hear people say, I don't know what I don't know. Because when you are stepping into a new season of your life or you're stepping into a new level, you've actually never experienced it before. So again, another reason why you need to trust the process. And in this process, you're going to develop deep self-trust that you know I might not have all the answers, um, but I trust myself that I will follow through, even if I'm not perfect about it, even if I only follow through 50% of the time, I'm not going to run and hide 100%. I might not be perfect about it because I'm human, but I know that you know because I've been at this game long enough and I've invested in myself previously, there's evidence that if something feels off to me, I will lean into that and I will think about it and I'll process that. And so the feedback that I get at the end of clients working with me and in our programs, they will say, I have this like deeper self-trust with myself because you didn't tell me what to do. You showed up as a coach should and you co-created with me. And that's the whole thing that we do as a community and a coaching program, which is 
I don't know what you should do. What feels good? What doesn't feel good? What do you want to do? And so we help you dig and find the answers. And by osmosis, by following through, you learn to develop that deep self-trust. And that is a skill that creates confidence and depend like independence. I never want you to leave and and be codependent. Um, it's nice to have support and you know, you can go to the next level, but you definitely, and I want you to hear me, when you hire a healthcare provider, like any service provider, if at the end of your time together, you feel like you can't live without that person, that's codependency. And you haven't yet developed the muscle of self-trust to be like, wow, I have better skills. Yes, I'm nervous to leave because I'm going out into the world. But developing self-trust is a skill that nobody can take away from you once you've really mastered those muscles. Yeah, you're like you seem um you seem like you have a high risk tolerance Heather, you're very adventurous and I'm like I never used to be like well not that's not true. Yeah. It's come out more and more as I begin to trust myself. Yeah. Talk about self-trust. Uh yeah, that I mean that's just also a really big part of it because I've also realized I've I've also gotten to a point where I can trust myself more. Um, and I'm not just like if if somebody says, oh, do this, you know, to challenge yourself. I'm like, well, maybe I will or maybe I won't. Does this align with what I actually need to move forward? Mm-hmm. Um And it it just is, it's definitely grown through this process. Yeah. Um, and um, it's always also nice to have people to talk with about things. Because sometimes you just need to say, hey, here's what I think, or here's my question. And um, self-trust is really important, but also perhaps even more important is trying not to do everything alone because I think that was where I wasn't, I wasn't even, I I didn't even know what I needed, let alone have the ability to express it. Mm -hmm. Um, And now, and and that sounds so strange to be like, how could you not know what you needed? I think a lot of people don't know (laughs) what they need. And it's like, Sometimes I say, especially when I'm trying to learn a new skill or I have the desire or the goal, I'm like, I don't know what I don't know. All I know is I want this or I want to feel this way and I'm not right now. Mm -hmm. And getting the right mentorship or like the right, yes, it's, you know, you might, it's not going to be a straight path, but Mm -hmm. people who are like, won't steer you the wrong way in the sense where I'm like, what feels good to you? Because what I'm going to tell you to do might not be the right answer. So that's like you're saying is like, yeah, not right now. It's like, great, that alignment and learning how to co-create with somebody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think for me at the beginning, like I was very much, I needed to, I didn't know how to figure out exactly what I wanted. I started out with the not this mm-hmm. you know, and be like, this is not working. And then I slowly, um, started to see what I did actually want from looking at the things that were making me crazy, (laughs) you know, um, 
you know, and, and just, you know, the little, instead of being like mad at myself, I think a lot of time I was like, why am I so, why do I get so annoyed about things that other people are not bothered by? Um, and then I'm like, oh no, this is okay. These are things that are talking to me about what I need. Um, you know, my little resentments or whatever. Um, and, uh, yeah, and using that as information and a guide when my, you know, my ability to even know what I needed was just not there. I couldn't access it without, you know, having that resentment as a guide. Mm-hmm. Yeah, contrast is a beautiful thing, but yet we try to push it away because people are told just go for the good feelings. And then we're like, we don't even know how to feel. And yet we're trying to like pretend that we feel good. So, okay, let's go to some tangibles. You've, you've um, like the quote unquote ROI. So if people are like, I want direct ROI. So parenting, are you yelling or yelling as much as you used to? Uh, n- n- no. I mean, and I would say the real thing for me with the parenting, it's just, I would say every single one of my relationships, every single one Mm. has improved. Um, Not just with my kids, everybody in my life. Um, Because I am showing up and saying, I'm being part of the conversation. Yeah. And saying, I'm here too, (laughs) you know. Um, and that makes all the difference. And then it's not so frustrating when other people are saying I'm here too, you know, um, because I, I, I am giving myself more permission to be in the room. So then I can give other people permission to be in the room. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I asked Sherilyn, like, what was the ROI in your parenting? And she responded, every relationship has changed. So I think sometimes we are looking for the direct ROI. How much money am I going to make? How quickly am I going to get results? Um, How fast is this going to work? That is literally a product of our overconsumption hustle culture that we live in. What do you want? What are your goals? And again, I want you to consider this for anything that you're investing in in your life. If it's not working and you're not investing in it, let that shit go. Unsubscribe. Cancel your credit card. Like, Stop investing in shit that isn't serving you. What is the ROI that you want in your parenting? What's the ROI that you want in your business? What's the ROI that you want in your health? Do you want to like... I don't know, feel energized and alive and you just want sustainable everyday lifestyle support? Or do you, are you training for like a triathlon? Understand what are your goals? Stop looking at what everyone else projects on you as what your ROI should be and ask yourself, what do I want? And I don't know if you've heard uh, Sherilyn say this already. But she said, I didn't know what I wanted at first. I just knew what I didn't want and I needed to start there. So there's always a place that we can start. We just have to be willing to start. Hey, I wanted to take a minute uh, to talk about today's sponsor, Athletic 
greens. But before I go into athletic greens, I want to be very honest with you. When I was approached to share athletic greens, I was very resistant to utilizing this product because there's a million different supplements on um, out there and uh, not all of them are great. But what I absolutely love about Athletic Greens is it has over 7,000 five-star reviews. It's recommended by professional athletes and it's trusted by leading health experts. And I am one of those types of people where I, I love to surround myself with science-minded people and then I trust them. And that is what Athletic Greens is to me. And it's one of those things as well that... Um, I was resistant to utilizing it because I didn't want to add something else to my daily lifestyle. But what I've actually noticed is adding athletic greens into my daily water as soon as I wake up in the morning, it actually is saving me a lot of money because I'm using less supplements uh, throughout my day. So I want you to head on over to athleticgreens.com forward slash e. You And when you do that, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit Athletic Greens, A-T-H-L-E-T-I-C, greens.com forward slash E-U. That's it. Just take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. People permission to be in the room. Mm -hmm. And what about work? Because I know that was a huge stressor for you. So not only are you taking the time off and being okay with it, but how has that transformed on the day to day? Um, so the biggest thing about work was, um, finally sort of stepping into, uh, it was, it was hard for me to receive, um, especially because what I do is it's very much from my heart. I'm helping people, so on and so forth. And the biggest change for me is to, put boundaries up and make sure that I'm giving my, um, giving to, um, the right, the people who value what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I also brought in more support, um, and stopped thinking that I have to be able to do everything myself and thinking, okay, well, I don't like technology. So maybe I'm going to have somebody who does like technology instead of battling with it all the time, things like that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And so it's and because I've said, okay, you know, here's what I'm good at. Here's what I'm not good at. And instead of trying to do everything myself, which I think in some ways I was trying to do everything myself to punish myself for Mm -hmm. trying to do you know it's hard to be a parent and a professional and you feel like you have to do everything because you're um you're not fitting into the mold of what a professional should look like and you're not fitting into the mold of what a mother should look like in in your own high standards brain um so then you just want to punish yourself (laughs) okay 
So she talks about punishing yourself, high standards, being an overgiver, and learning to value herself and her boundaries. Again, if you are interested at all, you've been listening to this conversation, you got to this point, you're curious about coaching, you're like, oh my gosh, I can see myself in her. Uh, this is what I'm wanting as well. I want you to head on over to Heather Joy, C-H-A-U-V-I-N.com forward slash join um, and book a call. Book a call. Let us know where you're at and we'll go from there. Punishing yourself. Some reason we think self-punishment is going to get to self-compassion. It's not. You cannot bully your way to feeling alive and aligned. You won't because you're going to be like, you are never good enough. And you need to heal that inner critic. You need to heal that inner bully. And I don't know about you, but that's a pretty toxic relationship to be in. We're so used to talking about the toxic narcissism that's on the outside of us with people. But what about the ones that's on the inside? We can leave relationships. We can leave toxic work environments. But if you put yourself right back in that place and those people aren't even there, who's the toxic one now? Also, the high standards. This is where ambition has like that double-edged sword. I'm all for being ambitious. That's a good driver, right? But you got to watch the shadow sides. And this is what I love. Learning to value yourself. I see this so correlated in parenting business, especially business, relationships, like your money, everything. If you don't value yourself and don't develop the skill of valuing yourself, you will. it doesn't matter how great your strategy is, you won't get there because it's an energy leak. So again, you can't obsess with the how. Well, how? How do I begin to value myself? It's the same as like, how do you get more muscles? You have to change the way you eat and you have to change the way you move your body. You can't keep asking, but how, but how, but how? It's like, shut up and eat, eat differently, eat more. I don't know. It depends on the person. I want you to reflect. Oh shit. I feel called out. Valuing myself. I don't even know what that means. That's a great indicator that it's something that you need to work on. yourself. <laughs> Yes. It's a, it's a very toxic cycle. Um, so you and I have had lots of conversations. You're in an industry that is perpetually burnt out and exhausted and overgiver. Um, very intelligent, which most people are. I actually find this, the more education a woman has, the more, uh, I'm going to say the bigger her ego is. And some people, you don't have a big ego, but probably because of the type of work you do, like heart-led. Um, but people will say like, oh my gosh, everyone needs you. And I'm like, but not everyone actually wants to do the work. And there is value in protecting our uh, burnout. Um, like you, fear is a huge motivator of like why people don't do this work. How has your relationship with fear evolved over time? Um, so I think I was um, very afraid of everything in certain ways. And I mean, not really, like I've always been, I have lots of things that I have done that 
are very courageous and I am definitely very courageous in my work. Um, but at the same time, I felt the weight of the impossibility, right? The impossibility of um, the world and systems and so on and so forth. And I've, it's really like shifting from the victim perspective to the creator perspective. And um, now the same things that used to feel like obstacles seem like challenges. Um, it's just a totally different relationship. And also, I think part of the biggest part of that is just the shift from feeling like I didn't want to try anything because I might fail and I might be wasting money or I might be, you know, it might be a disaster. And now I'm like, yeah, this might not work. This may be terrible, <laughs> you know, but um, and the, I will say, though none of the none of the things i've tried have been terrible i have done there have been situations where i thought i wanted to do something and i was like actually i don't want to do that mm -hmm. um because i want to do this other thing but not uh the um the ability to take risk is just totally different and partly that is just because i will say when i started mastery business that seemed really crazy. Mm -hmm. And when I was done, I was like, that was really, really a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it really, you know, it broke a fear barrier for me. Okay. Sherilyn made a comment that investing in coaching, um, broke a fear barrier for her. I think this is so important. Fear barrier. There are many uh, times in my life when I look back and I think about experiences that happened to me where I didn't give myself what I call a back door. I didn't give myself an out. I think sometimes not investing um, whether it's in a program or the time or energy is a way that we give ourselves a backdoor. And she's like, this broke a fear barrier for me because I had to face it. And the way that we structure our programs and our coaching is not um, like most things you see online. So you're not a number here. You have literally one-on-one -on -one support. You have accountability. You have people that are like, hey, what are you up to? And... These are people that see you in your vulnerable moments. Like you're going to come in expecting to be perfect. And the second you are imperfect or you get sick, your family gets sick, a holiday happens, your momentum dies down, you're going to beat yourself up. You're the only one beating yourself up. The way that the structure is, is designed to get you results. If you're not getting results, then we look at why. What is not working for you? And then we course correct and we create a new roadmap and a new plan. So if you're interested, I want you to head on over to Heather Chauvin, C-H-A-U-V-I-N.com forward slash join. And that's it. Um, I hope you enjoyed this conversation. I hope it was valuable for you. If it was, share it online, tag me at Heather Chauvin and send me a DM on Instagram. Fear barrier for me. Yeah. And I realized that investing in my, like, I think all of us, 
want they we want the best for our children and so none of us was if so, if our children said this is what i need it's going to cost this amount of money then we'd be like okay how are we going to figure this out because that's you know it's just this inherent thing but when it comes to ourselves we're like oh no because the family and this and that and the other and what i realized is like wait a minute like if i'm going to show up for other people which is what i want to do which is my heart that's where i want to be then i have to show up for myself so i can actually show up because otherwise they're just getting a shell of yeah. you hundred percent. And on the other side of that, I've seen what privilege does or rescuing to children in the sense of that they don't actually have to be a creator, meaning we can have the solution in the sense of, yeah, here, I'll do it for you, mm -hmm. or I will help you figure this out. But when the children become disempowered because the parents are over givers mm -hmm. it's actually doing the opposite of what we desire for our children mm -hmm. and and it's interesting to try to convince people that they are actually an asset in the parent-child relationship like logically you get it you're like i am here i am mother there's the child but we don't realize the impact of our energy and how we show up on our children's lives. It's very weird, right? Like we're in it. We don't realize that. Mm -hmm. Have any of your kids made comments through your journey? Um, no, but I definitely feel like they see me showing up in a different way. Always um, too. Yeah, my boys. Yeah. <laughs> Communication. Yeah, but no, I, and I and I feel I feel really good about it because I feel like I'm giving them a um, different model. And you know, the other thing too is like we are all part of our society. I am still yeah. a woman in a house with a lot of boys, <laughs> you know, and I am, you know. There's still work to be done. <laughs> Always work to be done. It's like our little patriarchy. We're just like, come on. Yes, it's the unlearning is intense and it's supposed to be emotionally uncomfortable. It's supposed to be uncomfortable. You have to, if you want to change the current in your home, in your mind, in your body, in your work, it's energy and effort. Like, it's not just like, oh, give me the easiest thing to do. It's like, no, you have to choose to take this path. And if you choose to take this path, like, yeah, it, it's you're not getting a PhD. You don't need to invest 24 hours a day in it. Like invest 30 minutes a day, an hour a day, just to like slowly course correct. And, and then when you have more capacity, you can invest a little bit more, right? But it's like, you're just slowly turning the current. And when you do that, everything shifts in your in your home yeah and it becomes a and it becomes a choice too like in terms of like i still see myself sometimes falling into old patterns but then i'm not i'm like oh look at that i'm falling into a pattern of you know doing the dishes but that and you know 
and not asking anybody to help me with the dishes, but that's me who's doing that. And I don't feel like it's anything external. And I'm just like, huh, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. There's a lot of uh, socialization. that. <laughs> but you're no longer becoming angry or resentful, no. like doing the dishes. And it's like, no one asked you to. It's a completely different energy shift. It's totally different. And it's also like, it's interesting because you're like, huh, I am quite, you know, this is this is me doing this. <laughs> you know? like, I'm capable. Oh, interesting. Well, yeah, more and also, responsibility. And also just realizing, like, I mean, being able to see outside um, and see how you're doing it to yourself. I I don't feel like um, I don't feel like anybody's doing anything, you know. Um, to me or taking advantage of me or anything like that. I see that I'm creating my reality, you know? And um, sometimes I'll be like, huh, that's not that. I probably should like try and figure a different way to do that. Or maybe not, you know, that's the thing is just feeling empowered. And then also, and back to what you said about rescuing. And I think, yes, I was a hundred percent. I'm a a recovering rescuer, um, as you would say. And like by sort of helping yourself get out of that role with other people, I'm I can then also show up as helping other people but not rescuing them. So mm-hmm. giving them empowerment instead of um the opposite and yeah. giving, um making them feel like they can control their own lives. Exactly. And that's the magic where we're all independent, empowered beings. Um, Thank you, Sherilyn. Is there anything on your heart or mind that you want to say before we wrap up? Um, No, except, you know, anybody who's thinking about working with you, this has been so amazing. And I am so grateful. And I highly recommend. Awesome. Thank you. Are you tired of being tired? Stop just surviving and find out exactly where to focus your energy and attention. I'm going to give you access to realistic tools to confidently manage your energy, emotions, and impact. Head on over to Heather Chauvin, C-H-A-U-V-I-N dot com forward slash life quiz and take the aligned life quiz today. It's free. And not only am I going to show you which pillar to focus on of inner leadership. Do you need to focus on managing your energy and time? Do you need to focus on boundaries, getting a deeper sense of purpose in your life or your emotional triggers? And are you living in a state of survival mode, momentum, thrival, or abundance? This two-minute quiz will show you how and where to focus your energy and attention. So instead of feeling like you're playing whack-a-mole all over and overwhelmed with where to start, I'm going to show you how. Head on over to Heather Chauvin, C-H-A-U-V-I-N dot com forward slash life quiz.